The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. By almost any account, one of the top five betting podcasts out there. Google it. Check any ranking. I think we're always in there anytime I see it pop up which is very encouraging, exciting. We really appreciate all the support. I am merely the facilitator for this program. I'm a former NFL player at Ross Tucker NFL on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything. Uh, You can also check out all of our shows. We post the highlight clips to at Ross Tucker pod on Twitter and Instagram, and certainly the highlight clips of the other shows, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, which is awesome. More and more people are evidently watching us and watching us on the big screen, which is especially scary for me because I'm already filling out this monitor right here with my head. The big screen thought is especially concerning, which is why it's a good time for me to bring in my co-host, Steve Fezzik, because that makes my head smaller because now it's not just me, which is nice. Steve, of course, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Super Contest at the Westgate. Check him out at Fezzik Sports and only at Fezzik Sports. And today it's like uh, my, my, my betting world's colliding a little bit because I do a weekly show during the NFL season called Picks Wise Playbook with my guy Jared Smith, who you can follow on social media at Jared Lee Smith. He is the lead uh, betting. What's what's the title there? Jared? Analyst. Lead, lead betting lead betting nerd. You could use yeah, that for too picks if you wise. Want. <laughs> All I know about Jared is he's awesome. I love that he's rocking the picks wise zip up, and he's a Penn Stater. So yeah. I, you know what? I'm sure Steve's curious, Jared. How did you how did you get into the betting world? It's a good question. So I came up through the broadcasting ranks. And then I took a little, so I've always been a gambler since I was a kid. Basically, I've been betting on baseball since I was 16, football a little bit later, like 17 or 18. And then once um, uh, New Jersey legalized sports wagering in 2018, that's when a lot of the media companies started to cross over. And I got introduced to some people over at SportsGrid, 
which basically took a fantasy network. They were the fantasy sports network and they transitioned it into all gambling. Uh, and then that was my first job in sports betting media. And then uh, the fine folks at PixWise scooped me up from there. And here we are doing a show together now, uh, you know, all those, all those months uh, later. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Speaking of awesome, Steve, there's been a lot of NFL news the last few days. I'm curious, you know, we don't have the season win totals out yet. They're not out yet, right? I haven't seen them anywhere. They are not. Okay. So all this news, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Mariota, unless you're betting futures, you really weren't able to jump in on it. And I know you don't like needle in the haystack bets, Steve. Did you get in on any division winner bets? I mean, did you get in on anything? Because really, the closest thing we have to season win total right now, is it fair to say division winner bets, Steve? Like, what 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 can you action that's not to win the Super Bowl? You nailed it. Win the division, win the conference, win the Super Bowl. These are bets I despise. I despise the national media that comes out and says, like there was one show that just came out and said, oh, there's great value playing Cleveland now to win the division. And also there's value to bet Baltimore to win the division. I'm like, well, I guess the Cincinnati Bengals can just cancel their season right now because, I mean, you, you, you look at it, it's so hard. I use the example, imagine you go up to a roulette wheel, all right, and you bet like the first column will land 1 through 12, which has a big house edge, and now you bet the second column, 13 through 24, which has another house edge. Even if the wheel is a little bit biased or tilted, at some point, if you start betting every number or every combination and you think you have an edge, the ball will still find its way into the zero or the double zero, and you will bagel. Pros don't win, typically, making bets like this. You know how pros win? They bet Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl 40-1 to 1 because they know Tom Brady is coming back, or that they get the news he's coming back, and in the 18 seconds after the news breaks, they bet Tampa 25-1. to 1. That's how pros win. They don't win bet in Tampa to win the division an hour afterwards after the odds have already been adjusted. So while we're on that, Steve, so, I mean, none, none of the, you didn't place any bets with any of the court, recent quarterback movement. I'm sure I did not. I'm sure my buddy, the hitman is going to make fun of me because he's at his computer 24 seven. And I'm sure he did get some juicy division bets, um, but you got to get it. The second the news breaks, not, Five minutes after, not 20 minutes after, as it breaks. Jared, I'm nervous now because I, I, I don't want to lead you down a bad path where you talk about all the futures bets you just put in after. I have Maybe nothing, I should have come to you first, Steve, to Jared. I, I, so I agree with Steve in terms of the division. Um, I do think there's value in the Super Bowl odds if you can find the right long shot at the early stage. I think where where a lot of recreational bettors go astray is they want to bet the best teams right before the playoffs start. That is a mistake. I think betting division I think if you pick one division winner in each, you know, if you're doing it for your own prosperity, you know, maybe it's not a great money-making scheme. If you're doing it just for recreation, I think it's fine to pick one division winner um, and see how you do. And, and see if you can stack up long-term, you know, wins. It's very hard to do. Steve is right. There, 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 there's not a lot of money-making involved there. 
But I think if you're a little bit more on the side of recreational entertainment, I do think there's ways to have some fun and, 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 and still have a little skin in the game. Well, didn't you say, Steve, last week that you actually think the best Super Bowl odds are at the top? Like for a team like Buffalo Bills, that the teams with the, with the tightest odds are actually the ones that there might be some value there. Yeah, as it turns out, this applies to March Madness also, that gun to my head, if I have to bet something, I'm going to bet Gonzaga plus 340 before the tournament starts. And, and people are like, well, wait a minute. Why would you bet them? And I'm like, I'm not betting them. But if you do the mechanical parlay and you bet Gonzaga, you start with 100 and you just roll it over and go all in each time, cash your ticket and reinvest, you're not going to get short paid by very much. Whereas I'll use an example. I have the the Arkansas Razorbacks have got one future. I got them at 70 to one. What a God awful bet this is turning into. So they were a four seed. They weren't a terrible seed. They're already, they've been tested in two games. They, they won both games right now. If I took my same hundred dollars that I bet them at 70 to one, even after they make the, the sweet 16 and bet them each and every week, I'm pretty damn confident I'm going to get a mechanical parlay. It's going to pay me more than my 70 to one that I bet before the tournament started. And it just shows how bad these bets can be in terms of, and you hear all the time, the media saying, Oh, you're just going to earn off that. How am I going to earn off of Arkansas when I've got 70 to one, they already made the sweet 16 and their chance of of winning the tournament's like 1% right now. The reason why I like the mechanical parlays is because you can up and down your risk as you go. Um, and that to me is, is, you know, especially again, most of, I'm assuming most of the audience is not doing this for, you know, big profits. They're doing it to have some skin in the game. I, I think the mechanical parlays, you know, the money line rollovers, I'm, I'm actually writing one of them up for Kansas right now, uh, because I think Kansas has a very easy road to make the final four. And if you want to do it in more of a shorter term time horizon, they're minus 150 right now to make the final four. That's two wins. They're minus 340 against Providence on the money line this week, and I'm assuming they're going to be a similar price against either Miami or Iowa State. It, it kind of works out evenly, but again, in that next round, you could say, you know what, I'm good on Kansas. I want to only put half of the winnings on there. You can up and throttle up, throttle down your risk accordingly. You're not locked into that price as Steve is with Arkansas. For example, if Steve rolled over the money line two straight days, he could say, you know what, I don't really like this matchup against Gonzaga. I, I want to roll back my, my, my risk a little bit. You take a little off the top, you finish even for your bet, and then you, you know, can you know, throw in the extra on Arkansas maybe to beat Gonzaga. You get a crazy upset, you can roll it over again. So I think it gives you more flexibility, and that's all we want, right, Ross? We want options as we go to the buffet that is the March Madness betting menu. Ooh, I like that you said buffet because <laughs> I like athletic greens. Because when I go to a buffet, I don't get any vegetables. Who does? Who gets vegetables at a buffet? I feel I don't, sometimes. I, I get my vegetables in the morning from Athletic Greens. It costs less than $3 a day. There's a reason why professional athletes like me, has been, are taking it. 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash money. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash money to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Don't eat veggies at a buffet. Drink your veggies with Athletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greens. All right. I feel like part of my job is to make sure you guys explain certain terms you use for people that are not as familiar. So, Steve, you said mechanical parlay multiple times. I know what that is, but look, we get new listeners every week. Can you explain to them again the mechanical parlay? So the mechanical parlay, you're about to take your little finger and submit on a team to win the tournament at 10 to one, all right? Bet $100, stop, don't make that bet. Instead, you're gonna take your $100 and you're just going to invest on that team to win their first game on the money line. So you can put in your $100, let's say that they're two to one. As soon as that ticket cashes now, you've got $300 in your pocket, then you're gonna mechanically do the same thing in the next round and invest in them again to win in the next round. And you're going to keep betting and reinvesting the money line until the tournament is over. You're going to, in almost all cases, wind up with more money at the finish line than you would by just playing one bet on the future. And as Jared mentioned, you'll have the flexibility. What happens if your point guard gets injured? What happens if your car breaks down and you suddenly have bills and the like? You now have the flexibility to not have to continue to invest in that team going forward. Here's the other thing. You talked about people that make futures bets, and you said some people in the media say you can earn off of that. What do you mean by that, Steve? Well, what the media is saying is that if you bet one of these long shots and they make the final four, well, then you can turn right around and bet on their opponent to go ahead and beat that team. And if you're sitting on a 100-to-1 ticket, obviously you can basically lock in a profit by hedging the, the, the easiest hedges in the finals. So let's say you had a team at 50 to one and they were a two to one underdog in that game. Well, then you could bet Gonzaga minus 220. And if you had a hundred to win 5,000, for instance, you could go ahead and risk 2,500 on their opponent to win the game to make you know 1,200 or whatever it is and lock in a profit. The problem with that is, well, of course, if you take a long shot and they make the finals, you're in a great position and you lock in a profit. But there's all the other times that that team you bet, Tennessee, um, uh, Kentucky, et cetera, has already been eliminated in the first or second round, Auburn, and they're nowhere to be found. So when you add it all up, you're still playing at a big disadvantage against the books. It sounds clever. It's not clever. And in fact, you wonder if some of these sports books aren't getting kickbacks from some of these experts <laughs> recommending such bets. Jared, um, I want to get, I know you have three bets you really like, three picks for the Sweet 16 you really like. We're going to get to that, I promise. But I did want to get your some of the notes. That's one of the things that's cool about PicksWise. And you can explain, by the way, um, just the information that PicksWise has, which is really valuable. So. First, 
talk to the information that you get from PixWise and then give us the information that you find interesting. Yeah, so we do usually, me personally, I'll do a weekly column in football season. We'll give out picks. We'll do more, you know, stats and trends and try to paint a picture of what's happening in the in the sports world that week, in the NFL world, a little bit slower during the college basketball and then the summer months. Um, but we will do weekly columns, of course, for baseball. And then when we get into March Madness, which we're knee deep in now, um, I'll have a column dropping on Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning uh, before the Sweet 16. So you guys can get uh, up to speed on everything. And, and you know, basically what we did is, is just kind of aggregated a lot of the results from the tournament so far. So we can, again, paint that picture. Favorites went 36 and 16 straight up, but the underdogs actually covered more, 28 and 24. Uh, so that's about 53, almost 54% against the spread. So favorites winning, but underdogs still holding their own. And of course, the interesting note, 12 underdogs uh, covered, but didn't win, which is about 20, 25% of the games, which holds true to what we've seen in the NFL in years past. And I'm sure Steve can speak to this about eight out of 10 times when the favorite uh, wins the game, they also cover the spread. So we are seeing some correlations there with favorites who fail to cover uh, but still win the game. It's about eight out of 10 times um, they will indeed cover the number. So keep that in mind if you're a little scared to bet Kansas or maybe Purdue laying all those points uh, against their opponents this week. About eight out of 10 times, if the favorite wins the game, they will also cover the spread. And I think that trend certainly holds true. Conference trends are also interesting. Going into the tournament, guys, I thought the ACC was down. They've got the best uh, mark against the spread, eight and two so far. SEC on the other side of the coin, I was very high on the SEC, Kentucky, Tennessee, two and seven against the number, which is really bad. But the worst is the Mountain West, four games, four losses straight up, four losses against the spread. And the Mountain West, I can't explain it. Maybe Steve can because he's got better numbers than me. Nine straight tourney losses against the number for this conference. They haven't won a game in the tournament since Nevada made that run to the Elite Eight a few years ago. So I can't explain the Mountain West because their numbers analytically were really good this year. Uh, you know, they had four teams in the tournament, three of them at larges, but didn't obviously pan out with their results um, last week. I think the entire West Coast got overvalued. So if you, if you look at the major West Coast conferences playing – uh, playing non-West teams in the big dance, one team, one game is covered. St. Mary's beat an Indiana yeah. team that was completely physically exhausted, carrying heavy fatigue. There's not been one other cover. No one from the Pac-12 has covered UCLA. Well, they beat St. Mary's, both in the West. Uh, you mentioned, Jared, that the Mountain West completely crapped out. West Coast Conference completely crapped out. So I'm going to make the case, especially with COVID, less travel, um, during the non-conference schedule, those teams tended to stay in the West. The West across the board is overvalued. I don't want any part of any team in the West going forward. Mm. So I'm glad you said that, Steve, and I'm glad you brought this up, Jared, because that was going to be my question. Oh, we know what the ACC's record is. We know what the SEC's record I mean, the Big Ten has not been great either. Mm. Um, they had nine teams in the tournament. And Michigan and Purdue are the last two still in it. Does it matter going forward, Steve? I'll ask you that first. Like, we know that now. Okay, that's great. Does it matter for these for these games this weekend or no? Of course it matters because the only question is how much does it matter? Does it matter a little bit or a lot when the Big 12 starts the tournament and they go 6-0 and straight up 
and against the spread with an against the spread margin of 14 points. You know, Big 12 is better than we thought they were. I mean, you've got to, the Pac-12 is not as good as we thought they were. Certainly the SEC, it would be a leap of faith to say that th- this is a small sample and random variance when you're watching um, their one, their two, I'm sorry. Yeah, their one, their two, and their three seats all go down, not making the Sweet 16. How are you feeling about Arkansas? Well, I have an Arkansas futures, and I'm feeling, <laughs> what, what's that, the movie Blind Date, where um, the, 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 the the really pretty gal says, I feel shitty. Yeah. Morning when she's totally hungover. That's how I feel about Arkansas. <laughs> um. So that so okay so that's something we absolutely take into account. It's just a matter of how much we take into it. Jared, do you agree? Yeah, I think you know I'm still matchup dependent in a lot of these games, and I think not all West Coast Conference teams and West Coast teams are created equal. Like I don't put Gonzaga in the same vein as St. Mary's. Um, I don't put UCLA in the same vein as you know some of those other Pac-12 teams because again the experience, the pedigree, the defense. Um, but I, I agree that when you look at the conferences and I always, I, I thought that the conferences, cause we talk about this a lot and, and I, Ross, I know you look into this during bowl season, how the conferences do, it is very telling because it kind of shows you, because it's hard to really understand how good a team is when all they're doing is facing the same teams in their conference, 10, 11 weeks in a row. But when you step outside and you start facing teams from other regions, other areas, that's when you can get a better gauge. So we're getting a gauge that the SEC maybe isn't quite tournament ready and opposite for the ACC, the Big Ten as well. Um, I I still believe in Gonzaga and UCLA. I don't know how far they'll go, but I still think that they're a little bit maybe different profile, different makeup than some of those other West Coast Conference teams that we've uh, discussed. All right, so speaking of that, let's get to your picks because I know you got three that you really like. So you give one pick at a time, and then we'll get Steve's thoughts on it, Jared. So I think at the top, I I have to take Texas Tech over Duke. And I I know Duke is going to be getting all the public love. They've got the narrative of Coach K. I think at their core, top to bottom, they have better players. But I think Texas Tech's a better team. And the defensive efficiency being tops in the nation is huge. I think the narrative coming in, Texas Tech barely got by Notre Dame, who was also road-weary, third game in five days. And Duke, I know it was a a miraculous cover, but they still covered and they kind of sprinted through the finish line against Michigan State. And I think that's going to skew the optics in this game enough in my favor to where I'm going to get a favorable number on Texas Tech. And even though the public is hammering the Red Raiders early, we are still seeing a little bit of line movement towards Texas Tech. So I think Texas Tech on the money line, you know, depending on what the price is, minus 110, minus 120, somewhere in that range, that's where I will play it. I, I, I think the road ends for Coach K in the Sweet 16. By the way, let me say one thing, Steve, before you chime in. I forget his name. I think it's Santos maybe for Texas Tech. That kid is the best defensive player. Like he had like three blocks in the last minute and a half of that game that were all sick. That kid was amazing. Um, Steve, your thoughts on that? Is Duke like a like a Cowboys type public team that you wait till right when the 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 tip because people are going to put all the money in for sentimental Coach K? Unfortunately, well, yes, but unfortunately, this isn't the NFL where people. Bad bettors are betting tens of thousands of dollars on the wrong side. Uh, first of all, I fully endorse Jared's pick. I, I really like it. Duke is overrated, clearly. Um, and I'm on Texas Tech. I actually somewhat disagree where you're saying, well, this is why we're getting value on Texas Tech. 
Well, Duke's a two seed and they're the underdog. So yeah. the, to use the movie Wall Street, the word is out on this game. <laughs> Your union boys are talking and Texas Tech is the play, but that doesn't mean it's not it's not correct here. Let me give you a stat here also. Duke doesn't travel well. The, the, the thought is that Duke is ultra popular. Uh, Duke is also ultra unpopular. A lot of people don't like Duke. They don't like Coach K. Texas Tech travels. I will say on the West Coast here in San Francisco, this will be an, a very pro-Texas Tech. Agreed. All of the fans that don't have a dog in the fight are going to root against Duke, I believe. Got some numbers to back this up. Duke, five times they played on the West Coast. They're all in five. They've never won under Coach K, an NCAA tournament game, West Coast, and they've lost those games on an average by eight points. Yeah, I'm on Texas Tech. Ooh, all right. What's your next one, Jared? All right, I'll take the underdog Houston Cougars, who I don't believe should be underdogs on the money line against Arizona. Um, I, all of the analytics say that that Arizona is behind Houston. Um, Torvik's got them a few spots behind. It's a little closer in the Ken Palm ratings. But I think when you look at this Houston team, I think if you look at the eye test of the teams that played in this region, I think Houston's looked the best so far. Arizona struggled against Wright State. They didn't cover. They couldn't stop a lick, even though Wright State was playing their second game in, in, in three nights. And TCU, I mean, TCU probably gave more effort in that game than Arizona. And Arizona won because of talent. And I don't think that's going to be the case with Houston because Houston gives max effort and they have a lot more talent than TCU, especially offensively and especially defensively. I, I think Taze Moore is a very interesting, uh, most outstanding player candidate at around 50 to one. Uh, I know we don't love the futures market, but if Houston gets into the final four, if they can get into the championship game, they're not rated very high right now. And I think the numbers on the Cougars in the futures market are a little light because they're a five seed and they don't deserve to be a five seed. So I'll take the underdog Cougars on the money line over Arizona. I got plus 110. Steve? Yeah, fully endorse it. There's still a plus two, a couple of plus twos out there. I would bet that. Yeah. It will be a significant home field advantage for Houston here, uh, playing in San Antonio. So the crowd and, again, the, the neutral fans in attendance, I'm sure, are going to go ahead and why not back the team from, from, from their state – Arizona has not looked good. And, you know, one thing also, I don't think we're going to be having a situation like we did in the TCU game where we've got five guys playing eight guys because after getting every call and call, call me a conspiracy theorist here, uh, after Arizona got handed a game to them with, with by the refs against TCU, I would be very surprised if a memo doesn't go out to the refereeing squad saying, reminding them to be sure to ref the game fairly um, meaning don't give the number one seed every call under the sun because they're already under scrutiny from the last game from that Houston wins this game. Last one, Jared. Yeah, this is the one I would say I like the least because of the injury concerns for UCLA and their best player, Hawkes. But I, I, I think this is a good spot to fade UNC. This Tar Heels team has been incredibly volatile this season. And now they're catching two and a half points in a spot where everyone just saw them drop 94. Five on Baylor, 93 on Marquette. I mean, they have scored um, a lot of points in two games. They've made 24 threes. They're plus 24 on the glass. Their numbers just don't add up to that this year. And maybe they've figured out a new gear and they're going to continue to play above what their season numbers and their season averages have been. 
Um, but I, I think this is a good fade spot for the Tar Heels. And I, I think the fact that UCLA is still favored in this game um, by over two points, so almost the full, almost two possessions. Um, I, I think it kind of shows you that the, the Bruins are the better team and UNC's maybe played uh, a little bit ahead of their skis over the last couple games. So I, I don't love this because of the injury to Hawkes. And I'm sure this is the one that Steve won't like, but I'll take UCLA on the money line uh, against UNC. Steve? Yep, hate it. Um, you know what? We got to get we got to get Doctor Chow on for to to discuss injuries like this. So um, UCLA has their two best players, right? They're both injured. John Juzang is not a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Hawkes isn't going to be close to a hundred percent. I just talked about the West Coast. The entire West Coast stinks and is overrated. And now they got to play in Philly against North mm. Carolina. So they got they're on the road essentially as well. UCLA overvalued from the tournament run last year. Now, directionally, I actually agreed with everything Jared said about North Carolina being overrated. The problem is now I have UCLA because of their injuries, even more overrated. I got bet against against bet against. Where's the game? It's on the East Coast. I'll take North Carolina. That's fair. Speaking, by the way, of injuries, Next week on the show, we're going to have my guy, Dr. David Chow, at Pro Football Doc on the Twitter. And what's that? He's the best. He, he the actually, best. you do a good job of telling which guys are going to play. Sadly, I think he does a better job. Oh, no, he's the best. I he's have a best. good You're really my, good at it, though. His is based on medical. <laughs> yeah. Mine is entirely based on what the coaches say. And, and that's my knowledge too. of their injury. I'm like, that guy's not playing. Like, <laughs> I, I can just tell by the stupid coaches and the way they go about it. Dr. Chow actually looks at the video and is like, yeah, he's not going to play. Um, I wonder if he's doing March Madness stuff. When you maybe talk if to you him. ask him, I bet he will. I would be curious what his thoughts are on hockey because that injury. Yeah, he usually good. just does pro sports for the most part. We've got some NFL draft stuff up already that we'll have to ask him about next week. Steve, do you have any other plays? Do you have any that you really like? You know, I'll go ahead and go against Duke. I think we got consensus here, and well, Texas Tech is Jared and I's, if I may, best bet for the week. Agreed. Totally agree. That was the one. So I wrote up a three-star. We call them three-star plays on PicksWise. That's my three-star play of the week, Texas Tech on the money line. I got minus 110. I, I think, you know, and Steve, I, it's kind of funny because I don't want to say reverse line movement because it's really hard to quantify that in college hoops. But it did feel a little bit reverse line movement when that line opened and it immediately jumped towards Tech because I knew all the action was going to be on Duke. So maybe we'll get maybe five cents better. I don't know. But I locked it in a minus 110. All right, here's my play of, of the weekend. Funding your DraftKings account with cash. Just sign up in the DraftKings Sportsbook app, select Fund with Cash in the payment section, and get a digital barcode. Then you take your car, cash and barcode to any one of thousands of participating stores. Here's what's even better. DraftKings gift cards. Jared gets everybody he knows DraftKings gift cards. His girlfriend... His mom, his grandma, DraftKings gift card. Done and done. Just visit DraftKingsGiftCard.com to find a participating store near you. He is at Jared Lee Smith on Twitter. He is at Fezzik Sports. I am merely at Ross Tucker NFL. And we just gave you all kinds of picks, bets, info. That was awesome. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. 
Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 